The labor market tightens a key inflation figure rises and Morgan Stanley adds to their crypto exposure and crypto VC funding goes through the roof. This is the running with the money briefing. Let's get into it. What is up? And we are back. I'm your host, Luke Tonight, and welcome to the Running With The Money Briefing. We're going to get over the biggest headlines of the day in quick order. So where in the world are the markets at today as we speak? Well, Dow Jones, that's up. Or actually, should I say down 47 points? The NASDAQ's up 31 points, and the S&P 500 is up four points today after a few days of selling, at least in the world of the NASDAQ. You've seen QQQ absolutely moving to the downside over the past few days this week. And well, today it's some, it's attempting to, it's attempting to rebound people. Um, so very interesting price action today within the markets, but either way, shifting away from price action and current levels, let's look at the biggest headline of the day. And it is well, this jobless claims data, these jobless claims numbers. So initial jobless claims, Total 199,000 last week, and that's the lowest number since November of 1969. So, in essence, here you are getting the lowest level here on initial jobless claims in 52 years. Yes, that's right. That's according to the Labor Department, and they reported this metric this morning. Now, we also got um, a beat of the Dow Jones estimates with this metric. So, the initial jobless claims total, 199,000. That beat the Dow Jones estimate of 260,000 in the previous week's estimate of 270,000. So, a very solid number coming out of the labor market uh, this morning. Now, also, unadjusted claims, this is interesting. Those total 200 58,622, which is actually up 7.6%. So that is something to take note of. You take a look at continuing claims and those fell by 60,000 to 2.05 million. So in total, all of those receiving benefits under the programs in total actually fell by 752,390 to 2.43 million and that is according to data throughout November 6th. So the labor market here tightening at least according to this data. You take a look at second quarter GDP growth as well and that was revised to the upside to 2.1% which actually came in a bit below the estimates of 2.2% so a 0.1% miss there on that GDP revision for the second quarter. Also Orders for long-lasting goods, those are down 0.5% for the month, and that was below the expectation as well. So in total, labor market tightening here, those initial jobless claims declining continually, but a miss on GDP in those long-lasting goods there, or orders for long-lasting goods also below the expectation. Now, shifting into this key inflation metric that the Fed actually follows quite uh, closely. So, Prices for core personal consumption expenditures, well, those went up 4.1% from a year ago, and that's the highest level since January of 1999. Ouch. Now, you take a look at this reading, and it did match that Dow Jones estimate. Also, this metric here excludes food and energy, but if you include food and energy, the PCE index actually rose 5%, and that's the fastest gain since November of 1990. So, inflation continues to surge across the country here. Now, you also take a look at what prices did and how the consumer spent and consumers actually spent 1.3% more for the month. Very interesting. So you take a look at how the consumer acted and along with the surge in these prices, 
was an increase in consumer spending that rose 1.3% throughout the month, and it's higher than the 1% estimate. So here you have the consumer spending beating the expectation, the inflation spending, or the not the inflation spending, but the inflation metric coming in hot as well. Now you take a look at the biggest analyst calls of the day today, and what do we see? We see JP Morgan downgrading gap to neutral from overweight. Yesterday we talked about those gap earnings, pretty much under-impressing all the investors across the board, and it came down to what did JP Morgan have to say? They go on to say, whoa, heavy margin lifting offset by more than transitory items from full year 2021 EBIT margin guidance of 5% this year. We see the path to 10% or 500 basis points of expansion over the next two years as more challenged. So in essence here, we have JP Morgan downgrading Gap to neutral from overweight, pretty much citing those earnings and saying, we think that Gap is going to be more challenged than expected. Now, Jeffries also downgraded another retail name, Nordstrom, to hold from buy, going on to say, quote, our thesis has been repeatedly tested and now appears broken. We step aside and move to hold. Both the cost to transform to 50% digital and weak retail execution are delaying value realization, so it seems Jeffries here, their thesis on this trade is simply not going their way. Therefore, they're downgrading it, citing the high cost when it comes to shifting into this now digital retail world that we have. And then our final large analyst call of the day, analysts were a bit quiet today. RBC Capital markets upgraded Chevron to outperform from sector perform going on to say quote we believe Chevron is in a position to benefit from a strong commodity cycle over the coming years given its business plans suggest more stability in its portfolio than peers we believe this certainly warrants a premium valuation so in essence here RBC Capital Markets is upgrading Chevron on the fact that the company looks more stable when it comes to their portfolio and that they like the company long and now shifting into an interesting headline today and some interesting data. So Morgan Stanley, according to Q3 filings, actually added a crazy amount or a sizable amount. I wouldn't say crazy amount, but a sizable amount to their holdings of Grayscale Bitcoin Trust at the end of the third quarter. Very interesting stuff. So with the end of Q3, the Morgan Stanley Institutional Fund's growth portfolio held 3,642,118 shares of GBTC. Now you take a look here and they bought millions of dollars in additional shares of the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust throughout the third quarter. In fact, according to sources worth over $120 million at today's prices. So they added over $120 million at today's prices throughout the third quarter to their GBTC uh, holdings. Now you take a look here at what each fund held and the Morgan Stanley Insight Fund reported having 1,520,549 shares of GBTC as of the end of September 30th. You take a look at what it held previously and according to filings as of June 30th, then it held 928,051 shares of GBTC. So they definitely increased their holdings within that fund. You take a look at the Morgan Stanley Institutional Fund's growth portfolio and they reported that total shares of 3,642,118 of GBTC at the end of Q3 and you compare that to the previous quarter where they held 2,130,153 so they definitely increased by over a million shares there their GBTC holding um, 
fund wide. So pretty impressive ads there when it comes to the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust and what Morgan Stanley is doing, where they are allocating capital when it comes to this crypto space. Now you also take a look at crypto VC funding and that is continuing. So a very interesting headline out of Blockworks. Now, real quick on Blockworks, I think they're definitely an excellent source if you're looking to get some crypto news and get your update on the crypto world, the metaverse, DeFi, whatever it is, Blockworks has it for you in that area. So they recently released an article on crypto VC funding, noting that just in this month alone, over $3 billion in venture venture capital funding has occurred. And that's a pretty impressive metric. In fact, throughout the first nine months of 2021, crypto startups raised more than $15 billion in venture funding. And we've been highlighting throughout the past few weeks, these continued VC deals in the crypto space. And you take a look at some of these deals, for instance, Gemini securing that $400 million at a $7 billion valuation. That was pretty sizable or the largest fund $2.5 billion being launched throughout the month, over $500 million invested in mining and infrastructure. I mean, there is some sizable stuff coming out of this crypto space, especially in the VC world, the venture capital world. And it's definitely something to pay attention to because what we all know is where the big money goes, typically there's money to be made and the big money or a lot of big money is going into this crypto space, this crypto industry. And it's definitely something to pay attention to. So I figured I'd bring it up in the first nine months of 2021 over $15 billion in venture funding raised and just in the past month, $3 billion. Very impressive metrics coming out of the space. Either way, that is the conclusion of today's show. Wasn't our longest one by any means. Not many headlines today, but it is a holiday week. We will be back on Friday. Of course, we're taking Thanksgiving off here at Running With The Money. In the meantime, I definitely want you all to go give my boys and my team members over at Pounding The Table a listen here at Running With The Money. We're proud team members of Pounding The Table, and you got to go give the Pounding The Table podcast a listen on Spotify and Apple podcast it is the best content in the financial space and you couldn't get any better so go give pound in the table listen on spotify or anywhere you listen to podcast including apple podcast also go give me and my team a follow at running with the money on facebook and instagram or at Luke Donay on Twitter. Tweet me, at me, DM me. I try to respond to all of them as quick as I can. If you have any feedback on the show, if you want to see something in the show or an article written on a certain company, maybe a deep dive, please let us know. We are here to help you. We are here to gain knowledge and also release knowledge to you. We are here to help you make money in the markets. That's what we're all about here at Running With The Money. Thank you for listening. Easily Profit Trade On, and I will see you on Friday.